the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, August the 16th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On August 16, 1977, Elvis Presley died. He died at Graceland Estate in Memphis, Tennessee. He was 42 years old. His life was a sad story. I knew the pastor that pastored the church where he and his mother attended when they moved to Memphis from I think it was Mississippi, somewhere, Tupelo maybe, somewhere in Mississippi. Anyway, sad story. 42 years old, Elvis Presley, dead today, 1977. Today in 1777, American forces won the Battle of Bennington. Many people, in fact most people at that time, considered that a turning point in the Revolutionary War. Today, in 1812, Detroit fell to British and Native American forces in the War of 1812. Today, in 1861, President Abraham Lincoln issued Proclamation 86 that prohibited states of the Union from engaging in commercial trade with states that were in rebellion or that were of the Confederacy. Today, in 1948, baseball legend Babe Ruth died in New York. He was 53 years old. His life, too, was a sad story. He was one of the greatest baseball players of all time. Hit a ton of home runs, 714 or something like that. And it is said by those who knew him that he would go out and party all night and drink and go to the baseball game and hit home runs. Nobody could quite figure it out, but it caught up with him, 53 years old, when he died. Today, in 1978, James Earl Raves, a convicted assassin of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., He told the Capitol Hill hearing that he did not commit the crime. He said he'd been set up by a mysterious man named Raul. Not sure what all that means, but it's interesting. Who knows? Today in 1987, people worldwide begin a two-day celebration of the Harmonic Convergence. That was heralded as believers in the New Age. They called it the start of a new Pure age of humankind. Well, they were hopeful, but their hope was not built on the rock. It was built on a mysterious, ancient, new age belief system, which is a new age. During those time, during those days, there was a lot of talk about new age and so on books were being written and celebrities hollywood celebrities they always jump into those kinds of things i would uh from time to time i would preach on that as a as a pastor and um i had several times on a like a sunday evening i would uh, announce publicly that we were having a a lecture on new age um and i would just leave it at that and let people assume what they wanted of course it'd be big crowds and I would bring in guests, and they would speak at our church. And some of you who listen to this program attended the church during those years. And 
I would uh, they would speak and I would speak a little bit and and then we I would take a microphone and go into the audience and go up to the balcony and all over the place with a microphone and I would let people and they weren't screened I would just let them ask if somebody went way off you know and using foul language or whatever I would turn off the mic but um, we would just let them ask their questions I mean unscripted and unscreened and um, boy it was interesting but a lot of people I learned through that time that were deeply involved in the New Age movement were very sincerely seeking the truth. There were some that were so jaded, it was just about the money and the power and the influence and so on. It's like every, anything else. But a lot of the people that had become followers, um, a lot of people accepted Christ in those lectures, quote-unquote. But... Um, they were they were sincere. I mean, they were looking for truth. They just had been misled. In fact, in one case, a person that was a real leader in the city taught the course on course on miracles, course on miracles or whatever, and all some of the basic fundamental stuff that the New Age was teaching then probably still are. But people accepted Christ, and that particular leader accepted Christ, and she is still serving the Lord with all of her heart today. And uh, is a great influence for the Lord. So the power of God transforms lives, regardless of how misled we can be and how much, how far off track we can get in our thinking and our belief system, because we live in a very confusing world. So when I see that, it brings back the harmonic convergence. I don't know about the harmonic convergence. People were gathering around Mount Shasta and Mount Hood and Mount Rainier and all over the Northwest and kind of Northern California was kind of the hotspot for this uh, New Age movement back in those days. But we had a better message. It was the gospel of Jesus Christ that changes lives. Today in 2020, California's Death Valley recorded a temperature of 130 degrees. And that's not the hottest uh, temperature that's ever been recorded it was the third highest temperature ever measured on the earth. And I know what you're asking yourself. You're thinking, well, what are the other two? I don't know. I didn't have time to look it up, to be honest with you, but I noticed this, so I just thought I would mention it in passing. One year ago today, Afghans, desperate to escape the Taliban, take over their country, clung to the side of departing U.S. military jets as they rolled down the tarmac at Kabul or Kabul Airport. Some fell to their death as the aircraft gained altitude. We remember those pictures well. Reminds me of Saigon, as it was called in those days. Same thing in Vietnam. U.S. officials said at least seven people died during the chaotic evacuation. Witnesses said hundreds of people were trapped between American forces trying to push them out of the airport and Taliban forces trying to keep them in. That's a snapshot of how progressive ideology taints everything that it touches. Yesterday, someone said to me, Gary, for the first time in my life, I'm really fearful for my country. There's a reason to be fearful, but there's a greater reason for hope. And I want to talk about a little bit about that today. I want to go back and take a second look at Afghanistan. I want to look at the policies, at the ideology, at the belief system that got us into that, but more so that failed so miserably in our leaving. And what that means to us today, not in Afghanistan, but in America and in the world itself. 
Yesterday, Associated Press tried to put a pretty face on it. It was the one-year anniversary. I mentioned that in passing yesterday. The withdrawal from Afghanistan. The Taliban declared a national holiday yesterday to celebrate the one-year anniversary of their defeating America and its allies. (laughs) That's a quote. They celebrated yesterday like our 4th of July would be celebrating our independence from England. They were celebrating, quote, these are their words, defeating America and its allies. How did they defeat America? Just by standing by, because we had told them well in advance when we were going to be withdrawing, and they handed the keys of the country over to the Taliban as though they now could carry on the American ideals, which in this administration is progressivism. While the world looks on, chaos mounts in America as these so-called progressive, the same folks who were calling the shots then, a year ago, today and yesterday, are calling the shots here. They are trying to stay in power. They struggle to stay in power. They will do anything because it is justified by, in their mind, the noble end that they seek, and that is to create and remake America as they tried to remake Afghanistan into a progressive nation. Progress progress means doing away with, erasing, eliminating the history and particularly the principles and policies upon which this nation was built. May God help us. The end always justifies the means with secular so-called progressivism. I saw an article this morning. Immigration Reform Law Institute put out a, a piece. They ranked the um, 2022 list of America's worst sanctuary communities, supporting information from each community. They went into quite a detailed account, but basically... The communities, they said, have earned their places on this list because of incredibly poor leadership at the city, county, and state levels. They said data overwhelmingly shows the sanctuary policies lead to more crime, fear, and death. The leaders of these communities should not escape accountability for the damage they've caused. The residents deserve much more, was the kind of the preamble to this study. It's quite an in-depth study, but I'll give you just... The top of the study, it's, it says they've ranked these the American cities, and the top ten. Let me let me share the top ten with you. It, it won't surprise you, but number one is New York City. I kind of thought Chicago might be, but Chicago's number three. New York City is number one. Los Angeles is number two. Chicago is number three. Philadelphia is four. San Francisco is five. Minneapolis is six. Seattle is seven. Wake County, North Carolina is 8, Middlesex County, New Jersey is 9, and Portland, Oregon is 10. And as I said, this is based on kind of a collection of the ideologies that are running and the 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 crime and the fear and the death, all those are factored into this. And these people have been doing this for quite a long time. They're pretty good at it. But those are the top 10 worst sanctuary communities supporting information. What does sanctuary city have to do with progressivism? Well, it has everything to do with progressivism because that's part of the ideology, open borders, and so on. Every 
important institution in our nation is attacked by progressivism, and it's always done so in the name of greater good. That's Marxism to the core, but they call it progressivism, and that's what they are doing in America. And that's why people are fearful, and that's why sometimes people wonder, you know, what's going to happen? And that's why we always try to turn your focus Yes, we look at the issues of the day. We look at the news. That's why we originate originate live every morning at 9 a.m. And some of you hear this program a little bit delayed, but it's the same day. And we do this, and it, it's extra work certainly for the stations that, that carry us. And and we, you know, are here at the microphone every every day versus recording a bunch of programs and you know putting them on a computer and. The station's just hitting the button and playing them. We do that because things are changing in our world rapidly, day to day. And we want to talk about them from a biblical perspective. And that's, of course, what we try to do to the best of our ability each day. And many of you agree that this is something that's worthwhile and you support us. And I just want to thank you for it. Each month our budget rolls around. In fact, thank you to all of you who wrote checks and helped us with a, we had a legal bill. We've been doing some restructuring to protect ourselves from those who don't think we're doing a good thing here. And um, so we had a $8,800 bill over a period of several months, but they didn't bill us till last month. And I mentioned that on the program and I just said, that's a one-time expense over and above our budget. And you have stepped up as you always have when I've asked, because I I don't ask unless we really do need it. And um, you've stepped up. I think we're just within a couple of hundred, few hundred dollars. I I don't know, 500 or 300 or something like that dollars. And we're mailing the check this week and paying it on time. And um, we are so grateful and so humbled that we're able to pay our bills on time every month. And it's because, and I tell you that because you make that possible with your support. And I thank you for it. And thank you for continuing to stand with us. These are un- <laughs> unbelievable times. And uh, someone sent me uh, uh, with a check. I saw it yesterday. It was written a couple, several days ago. But uh, along with their check, it's a generous check. And they said, they included Psalm 34:19. It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. I think that is a good word of the Lord for today. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Psalm 34, 19. That's for you today as well as me and all of us. God is faithful. God is good. And thank you so much for standing with us. Our address is Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. You can go to our website, faithandfreedom.us, and uh, the page that comes up, will, there's a tab there that says Donate. You can follow the prompts. So thank you so much. Republicans on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, they, as I have, looked into this whole Afghanistan thing one year later. They put out a report, in fact, issued it on Sunday. It was in the news yesterday. 
was detailing the initial results of their investigation of the Biden administration's handling of the Afghanistan withdrawal. Now, I mentioned this today just briefly because you won't see it much in the news because the press is not interested in it at all because it's a disaster. Republican members interviewed people on the ground during this past year, during the withdrawal a year ago, like right now, and they reviewed hundreds of situational reports. They interviewed whistleblowers, obtained internal State Department memos. They took fact-finding trips to Pakistan, UAE, and to Qatar or Qatar. They also found that despite the Biden administration claiming there were only 100 to 200 Americans still left in Afghanistan, there were more than 800 Americans left behind the enemy lines. The report's executive summary was not encouraging in regards to this administration. They also found that the Taliban offered on August 15, 2021, that was yesterday a year ago, The Taliban offered for the U.S. to provide its own security for the Kabul airport instead of Taliban forces. But the U.S. turned them down and gave them the key and said, we want you to protect us as we withdraw from the country. That's when the chaos unfolded just outside the gates of the airport with little security. The bombing that took place, 13 of our U.S. servicemen were killed and women were killed. I mean, none of that had to happen. But progressive policies that are not rooted in principles, absolute principles, always lead to destruction. And that's why anyone, at a glance, when we look at our country, we have to say, what is happening? And it makes us fearful for the country. And we pause and we take a deep breath and we say, but God is in control. But he's called us to be his hand extended to the poor, to the disregarded, and to the culture and the nation. And God has even given us the ability to vote. And yes, it probably is compromised to what degree we don't know. But we, unlike many people in the world, still have the right to vote and to participate in the people who become leaders of this nation. And may God help us to make better decisions going forward than we have in the last couple of years. Associated Press wrote one year ago today, yesterday, the Taliban swept into Afghanistan's capital after the country's government collapsed. The embattled Afghan president, Uh, Ashraf Ghani, he joined fellow citizens and foreigners in fleeing the country. The collapse marked the end of the two-decade U.S. campaign to remake the country. It's Associated Press's words. As U.S. military helicopters whisk American diplomats to the airport in Kabul, the U.S. military said it was taking charge of air control at the airport. That simply is not true. They didn't say that because they didn't take charge. They handed it over to the Taliban. Honestly, they did. There were thousands of foreigners and Afghans who were desperately trying to leave the nation. Associated Press said yesterday in their summary of what happened, the American flag was lowered at the embassy where smoke rose as staff destroyed important documents. Afghans rushing to leave the country lined up at cash machines to withdraw their life savings. 
This is a progressive view of what happened. That isn't what happened. It's part of it. But it's polished to make it has a veneer on it to make it look like something it wasn't. It was absolute chaos with people getting killed, some of our own military personnel who should never have lost their life because of those circumstances. But they did be, <clears throat> excuse me, because of bad policy making and then people trying to carry out those stupid policies. The Taliban didn't attack anything. This time, a confused American presidency simply handed it to them as we, we burned our papers, grabbed our flag, and fled, resulting in the horrible, unnecessary death of our own military people and thousands of Afghans. They were hanging on the airplanes when they were trying to leave. That's how desperate they were because America had promised them that if they would help us in being interpreters and office workers and all kinds of people, or some of them had worked for our government for almost 20 years on the promise that when we left the country, they would be, have the opportunity to leave with us and they could come to America. And then this disaster took place without regard to any promises that we had made to the people. It was sad. It is sad. The secular progressives are great pretenders. They always are pretending. When the Taliban jihadist organization returned to power in Afghanistan one year ago yesterday, its spokesman promised one thing above all. The new and improved Taliban regime, they said, these are their words, we will be inclusive. They had learned inclusiveness from America. Underscore that word inclusive because that is the exalted righteous virtue of progressivism. Oh, I'm not saying inclusivism isn't a good thing. I'm saying it's a perversion in the mind of the progressive. It's one more way to control people. The Taliban representatives who would go on to powerful offices in what is now the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan, they couldn't stop using this word. I'm looking at the text of some of the things they were saying one year ago. They were talking about their ministerial cabinet would be inclusive. Their institutions will be inclusive. Our diplomatic stances on the larger world stage will reflect the alleged newfound inclusivity. Taliban went over this again and again and again. It was play acting. They weren't going to be inclusive about anything. But they knew that was a word that just warmed the hearts of the progressives in America and Europe. The problem is that the Taliban never really defined what inclusive means, and neither does the progressives. But it's a virtue signal that the Biden bunch and the progressives everywhere tuned into, and they said, oh, it's so wonderful. We have made progress. We have remade Afghanistan. That's nuts. Taliban took over the country a year ago yesterday, explaining that because progressive Joe Biden violated an agreement, that was the day after, they said this, between Washington and the group that they had seen American troops leave the country by May 1. They said he promised that, he, then he didn't do it. This was the next day. The carbon from the airplanes flying out of there was still hanging in the air. Despite praise from the American people for ending the Afghan war, Biden extended the withdrawal to September. Then he shortened the deadline to August. His double-mindedness was a result of trying to figure out the best possible path to a political victory as the most important outcome. Then explain away the carnage left behind or simply ignore it till people forget about it. 
And the press was complicit in all of that. They rarely mentioned it within hours after the chaos. Progressives always pretend that anything good is a result of their policies, while anything bad is their political enemy's fault. They have no understanding of truth beyond being a useful tool for those who believe in fixed or absolute truth, like the Bible. That's why it's so important that we understand, and I know most of you do that are listening, but that we understand that the word of the Lord is eternal. And it's upon that that humanity was built. Our lives are built. Our communities are built. But I'm not a Christian. It doesn't matter. If you're a Christian, I mean, it matters. I want you to get saved. I've spent my life telling people to accept Christ. But I mean, in, in this regard, it doesn't matter because whether or not you are a Christian, these principles have stood the test of time. They are the word of the Lord. And it was upon the principles, not progressivism or enlightenment as our founders knew about in, in Europe, but it was on the fixed truth of God's word that we built a nation and it prospered and it became free and it became blessed. Unlike any nation in the history of the world, it is exceptional. Not because we are exceptional people, but because God's laws and God's principles are exceptional. And it was upon those that we built this country. Pretending it was some kind of a peace transfer of power, the Taliban's media, this organ Akbar News Agency said Sunday that this day evokes a great political alteration in Afghanistan. They're still playing the inclusion thing, but they're not doing it. It's pathetic. What does peace and stability look like to a Taliban-controlled press that's been indoctrinated and schooled by a progressive American press? Well, it looks it looks like the exception of making room for Sunni jihadist terrorist groups like al-Qaeda and the uh, Haqqani network in the halls of power. Taliban terrorists have in practice mostly outlawed journalism, banned girls and women from getting an education, done little to curb groups like the Islamic State, harbored high-profile al-Qaeda leaders and aligned themselves internationally with China and Russia. That's what it looks like. But that's the country we live in. It's interesting Forbes magazine published an article the other day admitting that inclusion and diversity are failing in corporations in America. They they went through four things that the corporation should do. This was Forbes magazine. Four things that corporations should do in order to become more inclusive. They're trying to force this because it's, it, it isn't a principle that works except in the spiritual sense in the context of biblical truth. Because try as they might, they can't make something that isn't. And inclusiveness is not an inherent human value. It is a godly value that becomes reality as we come into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And it struck me that Forbes would be using essentially biblical principles. I don't have time to get into them, but they're essentially biblical principles to try to help these corporations limp over the line and get all of their diversity and inclusion in place. Secular progressivism always presents a a veneer of humility and the illusion of diversity, but it isn't. The hope that we have is Christ's great commission. That is the embodiment of inclusion. For God so loved the world that whoever 
believes in him through his son, Jesus Christ, the only way to God, will have everlasting life. For God so loved the world, he wants to include everyone. They won't be included, but God's will is that they're all included, according to the Bible. That is the only inclusion that works. And yet we are killing ourselves trying to make it otherwise. Hey, thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.